Warning, 30 Screams or Less may contain spoilers about movies that have recently been released. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it, come back, and enjoy the show. Or, if you don't want to waste your time watching the movie and rather have two random horror dudes watch it for you, we got you covered as well. Welcome everyone to 30 Screams or Less, a horror movie podcast where we review horror movies in 30 minutes or less. Today's movie we're going to be talking about is called Cobweb. It's directed by Samuel Bowden, written by Chris Thomas Devlin, starring Lizzie Kaplan as Carol, the mom, Anthony Starr as Mark, the dad slash Homelander, Woody Norman as Peter, and Cleopatra Coleman as Miss Divine. The plot of this movie is an eight-year-old boy tries to investigate the mysterious knocking sounds that are coming from inside the walls of his house, unveiling a dark secret that his sinister parents have kept hidden from him. 30 Screams or Less starts now. Corey, what did you think of Cobweb? So this movie, to me, it was borderline uncomfortable at times because, <laughs> um, as you said, Anthony Starr is in this, a.k.a. Homelander, who is a fucking dickhead in The Boys, and he is a massive dickhead in this movie, and it's like, borderline child abuse for like an hour and 40 minutes <laughs> oh god i'm laughing about it but yeah dude this movie for like the first half because it basically think of it as like two halves right so you have your first half which is the boy and the parents like that whole dynamic and it's very uncomfortable very uncomfortable because it's not like they're abusing him but they are clearly being controlling they're clearly gaslighting him it's really messed up and yeah, like, you get the vibe of things. So I want to go to the very beginning of this movie. I loved it so much. It was just Peter in his bed trying to go to sleep. And there is absolutely zero sound in this room. Like, you can hear a pin drop. It kind of sets the tone, I thought, mm -hmm. really well. And then you start hearing the knocking. But anyways, Peter starts screaming because he hears, he heard voices at one point, right? Okay, so he heard the voice at the first time, this, this girl calling out his name. And he starts screaming and his mother comes in and she's like, what's going on? And Peter tells his mom what's going on. She literally says to him that it's in his head and leaves like you fucking bitch. Yeah. Parent doesn't give a shit. Like I said, gaslighting him. This poor yep. kid. He's just like shit's happening. He's freaked out. And she's just like, go to bed. You're fine. It's like, wow. Okay. Uh, how about being a nice mom and be like, oh, it's okay. We'll check it out later. See what it is. But why don't you try to go back to bed? I feel like that's what a regular parent would do. But no, they were like, these yeah, parents my, were crazy to begin with, clearly. My, my parents did that to me when I fucking ruptured my spleen. Yeah, Suck it they up. Were, they were like, quit being a bitch. Go take a bath. You'll be fine. I'm like, I'm bleeding internally. I can't. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yeah, that, that happened. That's, wow. But you're right. That's a, I think it's a parent thing. But like, that's what you feel in the beginning of this movie is just a parent being a parent. But it gets so much worse. It really does. Like, they really start to lose their patience with Peter. And it's progressively getting worse and worse when it comes to, like, them grounding him and things like that. Let's take it back, though. So, um, here's the knocking on his wall. He knocks back and 
figures out, okay, something's going on in the wall. You're not really sure at the beginning. You're thinking maybe it's a ghost or whatever. You know, like one of those ghost type stories, right? You see them all the time. The kid's involved. He hears stuff. It's whatever. It is what it is. So he's freaked out. He tells his parents. The dad is just like, oh, I think it's just rats, right? Which, okay. I mean, I don't think rats knock. But they definitely scurry. And so... The father's like, you know, we got to take care of this. Let me show you where the rat poison is. And this is important for later on in the film. Very important. So the father shows the kid where the rat poison is. They go inside. They line the walls with this stuff. And he says to the son that it smells like cinnamon. But it's obviously bad. You can't be eating this shit. And this is when you start seeing, like, the parents. They feel very, I guess, stoic. Would you say stoic? Maybe oh, or yeah. just like, yeah. Okay, stoic. They're just very by the book. They're very controlling. They don't want him doing things. He tells a story to his son about a girl going missing down the road on Halloween night. So he can't go trick-or-treating. And they're just afraid. Afraid and controlling. And that's when you start seeing Peter now at school painting these dark-ass paintings of him in the dark saying, help me, while everyone else is making regular standard Frankenstein, witches, all that shit. Yeah, and like his teacher was the only one that seemed to care. Because he, he makes this drawing that says, help me. And his teacher grabs the drawing and she goes to the parent's house to show him because she's worried about this kid. And his parents are just like, ah, we don't give a shit. Thanks for showing us. Bye. Yeah. And I didn't realize substitute teachers give house calls. That type deal. And then yeah. naturally, Peter's just hanging out, vibing, being a weirdo, looking at the wall, playing ball or something like that. And the mother comes in and she's like, what is this? You know, she's getting on him. She's like almost like interrogating him. And this poor kid is like, I'm not asking for help. I just drew something, whatever. He just is letting his expression fly on this paper. And the parents... They want to keep him as isolated as possible. They don't want him talking about this stuff because obviously they know something that he doesn't just yet, but he's learning. Yeah. At this point too, Peter's having full on conversations with this wall and talking about this kids at school that keep bullying him. And the wall basically says you need to retaliate against your bullies, like teach them a lesson. He goes to school the next day and he follows this kid down the hallway and ends up pushing his ass down the stairs. <laughs> Oh, God. Dude, <laughs> the way the kid was laying on the stairs, just, you see his knees, like, his leg is definitely, like, backwards of sorts. His, oh. like, fucking Gumby fell down the stairs. <laughs> God. Peter, of course, gets expelled, which, all right, I mean, you damn near committed murder, kid. So, uh, he kind of deserved it. Shouldn't have done that. But the bully, you know what? The bully deserved it. I don't give a shit. Fuck that kid. He oh, smashed yeah. his pumpkin. I, I wish he'd throw him in front of a car. Yeah, just throw him off the building. Yeah, he, he dead got kid number off one, easy. Get it out. Yeah, he got off easy. Dead kid number one, get it out of the way. Well, he ends up getting it later on, but we'll get there. Oh, yeah, he gets it fucking real bad, like with the other. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, man. All right, so he's now at home. The parents are pissed that he got expelled, and apparently these parents have this hidden basement behind a refrigerator. So they have to pull the refrigerator out. They open their friggin' little Harry Potter door and put this kid down in the basement. It's like the most inconvenient way to make it to the basement, but they lock him down there with 
nothing. My rage level fucking skyrocketed at this point, too, because they locked their kid in the basement. Yeah, so fucked up, man. And Peter, he sees, like, this grate in the floor, and it's clearly something's going on. So at the bottom of that hole in the floor that's covered with a grate is a teddy bear. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, so are the parents, like, is this their thing? Are they kidnapping kids? Do they, like entrap them at some point and then they kill them and is like is this their kind of mo deal do they do this but we're still figuring out all of this stuff because it seems like they love him in a really fucked up way side note i was looking at the um this bully brian his name is luke Busey. do you know whose kid that is bullshit yes gary Busey's kid wait gary Busey or jake Busey? gary gary Oh, my God. Dude, he's got to be, like, in his 70s. Uh, well, Al Pacino is still popping kids out, so. Oh, that's right. He is. All right. How old is Gary Busey these days? Gary Busey. Let's see. He is 79 years Oh, my God. 79 years old. This kid was probably six years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No. Okay. Yeah, actually, no. Yeah, he was probably six years old because the kid in the movie was supposedly six years old. Something like that. Wow. That's crazy. I couldn't imagine. That's nuts. I can't imagine having a kid at almost like 60 years old. But <laughs> he hey. signed with his first agent at two months old. Oh God, was he a good so baby? He's been in some Disney Channel stuff. Okay. All right. Well, good for him. Good for him. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess you can just get into whatever if you have the pull. I mean, I didn't realize Gary Busey had that kind of pull. But... I, I knew he had pull with his drug dealer, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I like the stuff that his son does. Jake Busey, he does some cool stuff. He was awesome in The Frighteners. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, I don't really know too much Jake, but is he as crazy as his dad? Yep. Yep, for sure. Jake Busey, he plays this killer in The Frighteners, but he basically plays a serial killer in the movie who's a ghost. And what he did is he was going around like killing all sorts of people. That's how he got in trouble. He fucking went in around a hospital, killed a bunch of people. They gave him the chair. He's the ghost. Yeah, that kind of deal. He so, came back as a ghost and just yeah. kill, killed yeah. more people. Yeah, exactly. It stars Michael J. Fox. They're all ghosts except for Michael J. Fox. He can see that stuff. It's a cool movie. I love it. Uh, I think Peter Jackson made it. Of course. Let me confirm that. Yep. Peter Jackson. Definitely check it out. I have it on Blu-ray. I probably won't. Okay. Well, whatever. It's on streaming. Jake Busey. Nope. I'm out. No? You're out? Okay. Anyways, so this kid is an asshole. We've established that. He smashed the kid's pumpkin. He got thrown down the stairs. Kind of deserved it. But, I mean, Peter maybe should have been like, okay, just the embarrassment alone for this kid is enough. But nope. So the person hiding in the wall, like, told him to do this stuff. And then we find out a little bit later after Peter's been freaking hanging out in the basement, the mother brings him upstairs after how many days or whatever he was down there we find out the person in the wall is his sister which fucking crazy because you didn't know it might it could have been maybe a kidnapped kid or something where it could have been a ghost we still don't know we don't actually have any physical evidence at this point i thought it was gonna be because they made references in the beginning several times of a child going missing a few years before 
So I thought maybe like the parents had kidnapped the kid and that's who was in the wall or maybe even Peter was kidnapped and wasn't actually related to them. Yeah, exactly. That's kind yeah. of what I was thinking about. Like I, I was thinking maybe this is a uh, a kidnapping type situation. You know, they kidnap kids, they kill them later and maybe they move town to town. I don't know. That's what I, my initial thought was because the way this movie was going was in that direction. And then second half, what the hell just happened? Oh yeah, like you think it's over after after he. Well, actually, let's let's go back to how Brian and his his cousins show up this time, and they've got the van from the black phone. I swear. Oh yeah, they, and they're just like, we're gonna see them later, kid. You know, wicked. Yeah. yeah. So they're basically like plotting this revenge slash home invasion story now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Peter and his parents sit down to have dinner one night. And this is why Steve talked about before how the rat poisoning in the beginning of the movie, they mm -hmm. mentioned that it smelled like cinnamon because Anthony Starr's character, which was Mark was his name, he's eating his food and he asks Carol, like, what'd you do differently? This, this is delicious. It tastes different. It's got kind of cinnamon flavor to it. And then it clicks. Yep. <laughs> And he's like, what did you do, Peter? What did you do? And then he proceeds to start puking up black tar. It was so <laughs> fucking nasty. I don't know why if it was black tar or blood. Like, I was so confused. It was so dark. It was dark as night. Like, whatever was coming out of him, I'm like, I didn't realize the inside of your stomach lining is that dark. But... That's what was coming out of him. He died uh, at the table. The mother, she's starting to get a little sick at this point. Peter's running for his life. The mother has a, a knife on her. And I don't know what she was planning on doing because I don't think she was planning on killing Peter. So the mother's chasing after Peter. And then Peter kicks his mother down the stairs. She fucking does a barrel roll, lands on the knife. It's in her chest at this point. Peter's trying to go downstairs and get the keys. So what's happening is the sister... She's in the walls, but she's behind one of those old grandfather clocks, right? And behind the grandfather clock apparently is a little locked door. So Peter's trying to get the key from the mother. And what we hear, the last words from the mother, don't let her out, Peter. Don't let her out. And I'm thinking, okay, what's going to happen here? So Peter goes upstairs. He moves the clock. He opens the door. And Corey, what the fuck do we see? I'm a little confused at how she was looking the way that she does yeah right i guess she was born that way but like you see the eyes and they borderline look like it's a freaking tiger about to come out with the you know how cats have like those almost glowing looking eyes yeah 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 it's like of, a puma exactly it almost looked like a puma and peter lees runs to under his bed because you know fuck that noise if i was peter wouldn't want to be there but now at this point sister's out she left that door and you see the bullies pull up and the door just opens so conveniently for them. And like they just walk their way in like it's nobody's business. See, if I saw that door just opening like that, I probably would have been like, you know, this is way too convenient to go in. Probably not a good idea. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but like they go in the house wearing it was like a fucking point break moment. They all go in wearing masks like animal masks instead of presidents, which were really cool looking, by the way. The one that Brian wore was actually really cool. It was like a monkey. Yeah, that reminded me of something straight out of Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. I feel like I've seen those masks like crazy in that game. Probably. But like, then we see the kid, where, I think it was the kid wearing the bunny mask, is just beating the shit out of a piano with a baseball bat. Like, he's really mad at the piano for some reason. 
But did you notice while this was happening, the thing crawling on the wall in the background? Uh, I'm sure you did. Of course I did. I love yeah. background stuff. I love I it. Saw, I saw that and I'm like, oh, Steve's, Steve's loving this. I have a hard on for background stuff. Yep. Yeah. So we see, and it's blurred, right? It's blurred and it's not really easy to see. It's very subtle, but you see something climbing on the wall. And this kid is just smashing a piano with a baseball bat. And then this kid, like, he falls down. He gets sucked under the piano. And I swear, Corey, he just straight up exploded. It was like a blood tidal wave just went across the living room floor. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's our first dead kid. Yep. Dead kid one. Because this is a, uh, a span of, what, 15 minutes of pure insanity. So Yeah, but it's about three minutes of kids dying. Exactly. So that's dead kid one. Dead kid two is... Uh, one of the other cousins, he's coming from like around the corner in the house and he starts getting picked up and like up to the ceiling and down to the floor and like he's getting like almost bounced up and down and then he's pulled away. He's dead clearly. But oh, then, yeah. and then the bully, what was it? Brian, right? Yeah, Brian. Oh my God. Fuck that kid. So Brian. Yeah, he deserves this. Yeah. So Brian, he's on the ground. He slipped on blood, kind of walking in crutches. So this kid is just completely immobile. And he's screwed. He's absolutely screwed. Now, at that point, we have two dead kids. Brian, unfortunately, we do not see his demise. We just assume he's quite dead. Yeah, because we hear him screaming. Yeah, we hear him screaming. But the way he dies is that thing is on the ceiling and the hair, the long hair is hanging down and it covers him. And there's spiders all in the hair and stuff. And then we hear the screaming. So we're assuming dead kid three at this point. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Dead Kid 4. Dead Kid 4 is the other bully. He's running for his life in the house and ends up getting his head lopped off. I did not expect this craziness to happen. He has his head lopped off and he's still kind of walking and it's almost like a chicken getting its head cut off running around type deal except this one is just straight walking around like he's like doesn't know what the hell to do and then his body finally collapses conveniently up against the wall. So that's Dead Kid 4 and now at this point Peter's under the bed and the sister she's on top of the bed and she's talking to him and she gives him a pumpkin and inside the pumpkin is a head so yeah, whose head was that I think that was Brian's head because okay. it wasn't a big pumpkin I mean he's a small kid so that's my guess is that she put that head inside the pumpkin as a present to him because you know that was his bully so I'm oh, thinking, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so I'm thinking that was Brian's head. I couldn't tell exactly, though. I'm just assuming it was his head. And that's that's my guess. It, but it makes sense because we didn't get the gratification of this kid being off in the movie. Yeah, well, I don't know if they really wanted to show a, like a seven-year-old getting murdered. No, I don't think so it is either. A, it is a Hulu movie. That's true. I mean, we don't want to see like a kid's brains getting eaten. This isn't Shudder. This is yeah. Hulu. This is a wide release type movie. And I'll talk about that too. So uh, this kid's head is inside the pumpkin. Peter gets put inside the wall and the sisters goes, you're safe here. That type deal. And now we're at this point where here comes Miss Divine again, the substitute teacher going to check on Peter because she's worried. And this is like uh, twice already. So this is like the third time that she's going to the house. And, of course, doors open. She walks in. She sees the pure carnage that's happening. And then the sister freaking crawling around like she's a spider. So creepy, Corey. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was kind of terrifying. Yeah, just seeing that, like, contortionist. I feel like they might be contortionist. The person that's playing 
the daughter because that's some real like bendy shit could have been yeah i mean we've done movies before where they've used actual contortionists yeah like anything for jackson where they used that contortionist the guy with uh the wrapped up face you remember that oh yeah that Dude, was yeah. Another side note here, because I'm just browsing IMDb as we talk about this. Brian's mom in the movie, the kid, Ooh. you know, the bully's mother. Yeah. Is his real mother. Oh, no way. Wow. So, aka Gary Busey's ex-wife. Gary Busey's ex-wife. How many has he got at this point? I uh, I don't know. I got to know kid. the kid counter. I wonder if he's got as many as Ric Flair. Oh, okay. wait. Oh, wise for Ric Flair? No. I, I think Ric Flair's at four, six, maybe? I don't know. He just keeps collecting the wives. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's so probably got several. He's probably got 16 wives. Most of them are dead. About as many wives as he does title reigns. So he's got three kids. Okay. Jake, Electra, and Luke. Oh, okay. That's not that crazy. I, I was expecting way more. It looks like he's only had two wives. Good for him. That's nope, pretty scary. Oh, three. okay. All right. No, four. <laughs> Wait, five. Fuck, I can't count on both of my hands and how many he's had. Damn it. <laughs> that's wow, that's that's, that's I, more than ten, by the way. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a lot of wives. So, you know what we didn't reference, by the way, at the beginning, now that you're mentioning like all these factoids, Seth Rogan was a producer for this. I saw that when the credits were rolling in the beginning and I, I just assumed it was a different Seth Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that was like, wait, what? But here's the thing that I've been noticing, and I don't know if this is a trend or not. Comedians or comedy writers writing horror movies. So we have Seth Rogen in Cobwebs. He's not a writer, but a producer. You remember the show Whitest Kids You Know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of them directed Barbarian. Huh. Okay. And then you have Jordan Peele, who's got like this friggin' amazing portfolio of movies with us. Go nope. On. Get Out. Get Out, Candyman, and he's directing all these movies, and I mostly knew him as like doing comedy stuff. So it's, yeah. I'm starting to see this trend now where, oh, and Danny Danny McBride, Halloween. That one is, um yeah, that one was very like surprising to me because Danny McBride's known for mostly comedy roles. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying is that a lot of these comedians or comedy writers, it seems like they're starting to venture off into this horror realm, which... I'm more than fine with because yeah. they're putting out some bangers. Seth Rogen's got his name on everything, it seems. And good for him. He's uh, I like Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, a lot of the stuff that he's in, I'm a fan of. All he usually talks about is dick and fart jokes, though. So Yeah, well, I mean. Which is funny, but like, I don't know. There's only so much I can take. Well, like, I, ha I fucking hated Sausage Party. Yeah, Sausage Party was weird. I wasn't the biggest fan of it either. Like, if it's on, I go, yeah, I'm going to go watch The Fifth Element instead. I put The Fifth Element on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If I'm flipping through the channels, Fifth Element is on somewhere, and then my night is ruined by me watching that. I'm like, well, I was going to make dinner, but now I'm going to sit here and watch The Fifth Element. That's my, that's me. That's me. I love watching that movie. But Sausage Party, not that great. He's been in a lot of stuff, though, that I do like. Freaks and Geeks, great show. Donnie Darko, he was one of the bullies in it. Yeah, did you watch, um, it was a show, oh, it was called Plutonic. It's on, I believe, Apple TV that he okay. just did. Okay, yeah, I haven't heard of it. It's him and Rose Byrne. Um, it's just two childhood friends reconnecting as adults. Um, but it's like a kind of a serious role. And it's also got the funny stuff in it that Seth Rogen's known for. But anyways, the first season just wrapped up and it was surprisingly really good. Oh. So he's he's versatile. He can do other things. 
Yeah, and I think after a while with comedians, they kind of have to venture into those different realms because you don't want to be typecasted as a comedian. You have to be able to grow. I mean, that's why Jim Carrey went on to do all sorts of dramatic roles. Same with Robin Williams. They all eventually go into the drama realm. But I feel like with comedians, they have such range when it comes to storytelling and expressing themselves and stuff like that. And it can lead to them succeeding in those kind of roles. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So Seth Rogen produced this. That's interesting. Let's go back to the pure carnage still that's happening. So Substitute Teacher is in the house. Substitute Teacher gets scratched by the sister. She's running for her life at this point, trying to find Peter. Peter is straight up saying to her, run. And when a little kid is saying to a full-blown adult that you need to run, get out of here, that's obviously a bad sign. Yeah, this but, kid has seen some shit. Yeah, he's uh he's traumatized for life, that's for sure. So she ends up getting into his room. The sister's on her tail, crawling and shit like that against the walls. Freaking weird stuff. And she manages to break Peter out of the wall by smashing it and gets him out of there. They run for their lives, but Peter gets sucked back into the house by the sister. The sister's clearly not going to hurt Peter. She doesn't want him to leave. Yeah, she just didn't want him to leave. She wants him to be with her. And, you know, because they're brother and sister, they I guess maybe they have that special bond. Siblings do. And... I think that's the case here. So Substitute goes back into the house and she goes in the basement and tries to save him. Peter's in that hole where the sister, I'm assuming the sister was one day in the past because there was a teddy bear down there. You remember that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the teddy bear. So I'm thinking maybe the sister was down there at some point, which makes sense. I think the teddy bear is what made me think that the parents were who kidnapped the kid and they were talking about in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah, so it, which makes sense. And that's why I was initially thinking that maybe they were like the sadistic family that kidnaps kids and kills them. Because we've seen some movies like that before. I'm sure I've seen something like that. Like that kind of premise sounds familiar to me. So Peter somehow manages to get his sister's hair that's hanging down into the whole Rapunzel style. He's pulling it like he's climbing a gym rope at the gym. <laughs> And he's just climbing his ass out of the friggin' floor. And the substitute is hitting the sister in the stomach with the crowbar. They lock her in that hole, and that's it. That's how the movie ends. This poor, who, by the way, I didn't even mention this, looks like the shark from Finding Nemo. When they do the close up on her face, I kind of I giggled. Yeah, was that funny. was uh, I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, why'd a, you do this to me? You did me dirty. Uh, <laughs> I had a good chortle at that reveal. <laughs> It was a funny reveal. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. Okay. This is a little weird looking. But yeah, apparently when the parents saw her at birth, they screamed. That's, that's her voice, I guess. But they were happy when Peter was born because he looked like a normal ass baby. Where she looks like a friggin' a great white shark. From so, Finding Nemo. From Finding Nemo. Okay, so, uh, but then, you know, she wraps up saying that I will always be with you, Peter. And Peter naturally doesn't feel safe at this point. He's like, he's sleeping. He's thinking he's seen spiders. His sister's behind him. And it kind of just ends like that. There's no real resolve, though. It's just the sister gets locked in the basement. We don't know if Peter's going to stay there for the rest of his life just to make sure she doesn't leave or anything like that. Technically, it could open up for a sequel because this stuff that's missing that we weren't told about, it just kind of ends. I don't know. It kind of feels like they left it open for a sequel. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I mean, because the sister goes from being trapped in a wall to the floor. Right. Um, I don't know. 
I'm thinking that way because it did end up so abruptly. Like mm-hmm. you kind of set it up for a sequel, but I don't know. It's almost like they did set it up for a sequel, but I don't know if there will be one because this movie came out ready for this same weekend as Barbenheimer doomed to fail. Absolutely doomed to fail. So the producers had two movies come out in the same week. I guess so. Yeah. Which, all right. I mean, I probably would have held off a little bit longer on this one. Yeah, it's like you're tanking one of your own movies. Maybe it's a tax write-off. You know, sometimes they put these garbage movies out. They need to friggin' say, oh, yeah, we have a loss because of this movie, and now they put it on their taxes. That's my guess. I'm no tax expert, but that could be the case. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's my theory. I'm going to stick to it. So, Corey, what do you give it? So I I ended up actually giving this a four out of five, uh, Dead Kids. I I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. I think Anthony Starr was the best part of this whole film. I think him in a horror role is kind of where he excels because we've seen him as Homelander where he's a fucking dickhead. Oh, yeah. And now in this, he's an asshole. I thought the whole movie did really good. It built suspense for an hour and a half, 45 minutes, however long it was. It started as soon as the opening credits rolled, too. I don't think it was perfect, but I really enjoyed how original it was. Yeah, I feel the same way. I gave it a four out of five as well. It was a refreshing take on a movie. I did not expect the sister to be this fucking spider type thing I had no idea I mean we thought cobwebs you know she's in the wall she's with the spiders something like that you know you don't know it could be like that so uh, I agree that Anthony Starr was uh, I think he's born to play an asshole in movies or shows whatever I don't know if it's the look or his attitude or something but it works for him that's his bread and butter Yeah, I'm sure he's done a ton of other stuff, and I'm not too familiar with his work other than The Boys, because I watched that, but I want to see him not an asshole, which I'm sure he is, and something else. Yeah, put him in a rom-com or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when they reboot Friends. Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah, they would probably. Friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, Friends After or something, and they just throw him in the mix. Yeah. Who knows? He'd be Um, perfect in that cast. Make him... uh, Make him... What is it? Chandler, who just passed away. No. It's funny I bring this up because Joanne and I are currently starting Friends over from the beginning. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Because I had never watched it. So that's why this is kind of fresh on the brain. I'm like, he would actually be good in that. I'm sorry. Uh, Repeat that again. You've never watched Friends? Yeah. Because I was too much of a man. I didn't want to watch it. Too much of a man. Yeah. Now I'm like, now you're a man. Marion, Marion, yeah. 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 So now basically it's all I want to do is watch Friends. That's great. That's a fucking great show. Yeah, it's surprising. But I am glad you're into it because I, I think it's a fun one. It's a fun show. It's a great show to like watch when you're just winding down to go to bed. Something funny. It's a half hour. You yeah. Know, if you don't want to watch too much, throw that down. And if you want to watch more, you can watch more. It's That's what I like about sitcoms. 30 minutes. If I want to watch more, I don't have to be so invested in an hour-long show because hour-long shows are fine and all, but sometimes I just want to watch something quick to pass the time and then move on with my day. So that's the same can be said about this podcast because we have this mutual feeling about how we like shorter shows and shorter podcasts or, or we decided to make this podcast short. Exactly. Yeah. Unless that we was... start rambling about something and then it ends up being 40 minutes like this one. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which... The soup that they were eating, did that remind you of porridge? Definitely a little a little bit chunky for a soup, so it, it could have been porridge. It had that porridge consistency. It looked very thick, very... Oh. That wasn't a soup to me. That was... 
far past the stew. Hold the rat know. poisoning. Yeah, maybe it was the rat poisoning that made it real chunky thick. But uh, kind of going she back was and, real thick. Yeah, she was thick. Yeah. Okay. So uh, great, uh, great job building tension. Uh, I I like the score. The score was cool sounding. Had some good vibes to it. And I did feel like we got two movies out of it similar to that of Barbarian where the first half of Barbarian was the whole mix up with the Airbnb type situation and then it turned into like the oh I didn't realize this kind of movie we're getting with a a monster mother in the basement speaking of two movies do you remember what the runtime of Barbarian was wasn't it like an hour and a half I don't know. I feel like it was almost two hours. I mean, two hours seems reasonable. I think it was an hour and a half, and I was blown away with the fact it wasn't that long. Hour, 42 minutes. Okay. So they were about the same. Yeah. Yeah. Split the difference there. So not bad. Um, yeah. Cobweb was quite short. It was an hour and 28 minutes. So okay. there were times where it did feel like it dragged on a little bit, but I think the whole point of that was to build tension. So uh, it kind of called for it. But then the payoff was insane because we didn't expect that. The unfortunate thing about this movie is that it was a bomb. It was technically a bomb. It had an $8 million budget, I, you know, a budget of $35 million and only made $8 million. And I don't even think it was released in the States. I wasn't seeing anything on Box Office Mojo that it was actually released in North America. Yeah, I was going to say, until you just said that, I didn't know it was even in theaters. Yeah, it was in theaters. France had it. I know that. That was the highest performing place for that movie. So uh, France numbers were good, and other places were good as well, but nothing for North America or Canada. So maybe it just didn't have that kind of distribution. Maybe it was more meant for it to be a streaming movie on Hulu. And um, I think it's going to get a second life, though, on Hulu. I feel like it's a hidden gem. It's a good watch. It's not too long. Uh, It's unique. It's something I would definitely recommend checking out. Yeah. I'm hoping by it being on, you know, the trending movies for the genre that more people will pick up on it and perhaps we do get a sequel. Oh, yeah. We'll see because sometimes that happens. Sometimes something is like a cult classic, cult following, and then they make a sequel because so many people just want it. Maybe that's what will happen in this case. We'll have to see. Time will tell. Yep. All right. I think we can start wrapping it up here. Everyone, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on all podcast platforms so we can get some more exposure. Of course, be sure to tell your friends. We're also a part of the Shining Wizards Network. Be sure to visit ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. They're an awesome podcast network ranging from wrestling to heavy metal to horror. So all sorts of good stuff. Definitely check out all of the shows on their network. Visit 30screamsalist.com for all previous episodes and transcripts to go with those episodes. And if there's anything you want us to review, send an email to 30screamsalist at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. Use that hashtag 30screamsalist. We'll talk that way. Also, buy our merch, please. Damn it. I like how you were nice and then you were like, damn it. Damn it. No, buy our merch, damn it. Buy our damn merch. Listen, Vince. So, yeah, everyone, buy our merch, please. We got to pay for our server costs. We got to save some money here, all that good stuff. But not even just that. We got some awesome stuff up there. We got some really cool merch, an awesome shirt design by Greg Murphy, some cool drink bean coffee mugs, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. There's some fun stuff up there. And we're always putting up new things to just have a really cool online store. So, buy something all right everyone i'm steve i'm Corey, and thanks for listening to 30 screams of less and don't forget to drink your beans i shall call him squishy and he shall be my squishy
What is that? <laughs> what? I don't even know what that's from. Yeah. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's good you made the nemo reference and then i was like oh and then you remember when you asked me what i was looking up yeah i was looking up really good finding nemo quotes <laughs> oh, don't worry about it oh that was funny <laughs>